Section 36 of The One-Eyed Griffin and Other Tales by Herbert Eskett Inge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Humpty Dello, Chapter 1 The Stolen Princess Once upon a time, in the days when good King Arthur ruled the land, there lived in England the strangest-looking dwarf that you could possibly imagine. In height, he was no taller than the table, but he was such a fierce-looking little fellow that everyone seemed afraid of him. His hair was long and black as the raven's wing. His eyes, deep-set under bushy brows, flashed and glittered like burning coals, and his stiff-pointed moustaches stuck up on each side of his thin, hooked nose like horns. His doublet and hose were red, embroidered with black, and his cloak was black embroidered with red. On his head he wore a peaked cap of red, from which sprang one single black feather, and at his side he carried a sword, almost as long as himself. It was not the sharp sword, with fierce looks, however, that made people fear him so much. Oh no, there was something far worse, for Humpty Dello, as he was called, was a wizard, and could work powerful spells and charms upon those who were unfortunate enough to incur his anger. Now, being a magician, he, of course, lived in a magic castle, a dark, gloomy tower, built in the middle of a deep morass, that is, when it was not somewhere else. The Humpty Dello had got a way of shifting his house from place to place. It was most perplexing. Sometimes it would be seen on the seashore, sometimes by the side of the lake, Travellers through the forest would come upon it standing in the clearings, and looking as though it had been there all along, while next day it would be seen in the fields near the town. But wherever it was, there Humpty Dello was sure to be, working mischief and making trouble. One servant had the wizard, but such a servant. A huge giant, taller than the tallest tree in the forest, with a voice like the roar of thunder, and a mouth large enough to play hide-and-seek in. Indeed, anyone who hid there would want a lot of seeking after before they could be found again. Now, though these two were so different, they had one thing in common. They were both in love, and with the same person. And so, of course, they did not get on very well together. Everything Humpty Dello wanted, the giant did not want. And when the giant thought he would like something, Humpty Dello would not hear of it. Not far from their home was a castle in which lived the object of their affection, the beautiful Princess Daffodil, daughter of the King of the Land of Flowers, who was then on a visit to King Arthur. Daffodil was the loveliest of lovely maidens, and all the noble knights in the land were quarrelling about her. But alas! They little knew that wicked Humpty Dello and ugly giant Greedy Pig had seen her when she was walking in the palace grounds, and that each was determined to steal her. No one knew that except a little brownie, who had heard them quarrelling, and she flew off to tell the fairy queen. Well, one day the dwarf and giant had a worse quarrel than usual, and Greedy Pig, seizing his club, declared that he would go, there and then, to the castle and demand the king to give him the princess. And if you won't do it, you roared, 
I'll smash up the castle and make a dinner of the lot of them. As for you, I won't be your servant any longer. I'm not frightened of your magic, for you cannot work any spells upon me. You go to the castle, laughed the dwarf. A pretty-looking lover you will make with your ugly face. No more ugly than you are, cried the giant. At any rate, I'm going, so you need not try to stop me. And so saying, Greedy Pig turned to the door. All right, but you shall have a good walk, said Humpty Dello spitefully. Magic Castle, fly to the north of Scotland, he cried. And before the giant could get out, the castle rose into the air in obedience to the magician's command. Now go, and I hope you will enjoy your walk, said the dwarf, as the building sank again onto the earth. You'll be rather tired when you get back. I don't care, replied Greedy Pig. I shall soon get there, and when I have got the princess, I will come back and pay you out. And swinging his club over his shoulder, he strode off. But he had not gone very far, when he gave a great howl of rage. For there overhead, he saw the castle flying back to the morass again, and Humpty Dello looking down laughing at him. That same evening, Princess Daffodil was sitting by her window, looking over the palace grounds, and thinking sadly about the knights who were ready to fight each other in their jealousy. I do wish they would not quarrel, she sighed, and that they would believe me when I tell them that I do not love any one of their number. Hey-ho, I wish I knew what to do. Just then a beautiful bird with plumage of brilliant scarlet, edged with black, flew down and settled near. Her on the oaken sill. Daffodil thought she had never seen such a pretty creature, and cautiously put out her hand to try and stroke it. When the bird, hopping upon her little white arm, began to sing, Daffodil, sweet daffodil, come away with me. I can show you, if you will, who your love shall be. O'er the meadow, o'er the lea, flying to the west, I will guide you, come with me, to him who loves you best. Thank you, beautiful bird, said Daffodil. It is very good of you to try to help me. But who is the one? you would take me to. That I may not say, but if you will come, I will lead you to him. Nay, that may not be, laughed the princess. It would hardly be right to go thus. But you have aroused my curiosity. And if you will tell me where I may meet him, I will take my walk that way this evening. Three tokens must you give me, princess, before I do as you say, replied the bird. Tokens that you will keep your tryst that I may show them to your lover. What shall the tokens be? inquired Daffodil, and the bird answered. I must draw one golden hair from your head, and must sip one pearly tear from your eye, and take one crimson drop of blood from your fair white arm. What strange tokens are these? Yet it can do no harm, and I would fain see who truly loves me for myself alone. As Daffodil spoke, she bent her head forward, and the bird drew out one single golden hair. Then, with its beak, it gently touched her eye, so that the tears started, one of which it caught as they fell upon her cheek. Two tokens hast thou given, now stretch out thine arm. And as the princess did so, 
The bird pecked the white skin till one drop of blood oozed through. Now tell me, strange bird, where this lover may be, said Daffodil. Come in the twilight to the water lily lake, and there I will meet with thee. Till then, sweet princess, farewell. The bird spread its wings and flew off, leaving Daffodil half amused, half frightened. Come in the twilight, she mused. It is getting dusk now. It is a strange adventure, but I will see it through. She rose and touched the silver bell by her side. Nurse, bring me my cloak. I want to walk to the lily lake this cool evening. To the lily lake, cried the nurse in alarm. Oh, dear princess, do you know that it is enchanted? Well, what of that? You will be with me. And what danger could happen so near the palace ground? Dear princess, replied the nurse, the king, your father, is away at King Arthur's court, or I am sure he would forbid this. But if you will go, let me order a guard of soldiers to follow in case of danger. Nonsense, nurse, laughed Daffodil. Nothing can harm us. Come, give me my cloak. The nurse, looking terribly frightened, obeyed, and then, following the princess, they crossed the palace garden and soon came to their journey's end. Calm in the summer twilight lay the lake, its clear waters reflecting the stars that were now peeping out overhead, and the great lily cups sleeping on its surface. Not a soul was in sight, not a sound to be heard, as Daffodil stood there, and after walking round its margin once, turned angry and disappointed from the water. The bird deceived me, she said, but scarcely were the words uttered when a scream from the nurse made her start, and looking round, she beheld with a thrill of terror the figure of Humpty Dello. With a mocking smile, the dwarf made her a low bow. Sweet Daffodil, I am here to keep tryst, he said. The princess gazed at him, ready to swoon from fright. Who are you? she gasped. He who loves you best. He of whom the bird spoke, he to whom you sent tokens three, and he who, by the power of those tokens, will never let you go hence. Come. As he spoke, Humpty Doe fiercely seized her arm. Mercy! Spare me! Help! she screamed, but it was in vain. Nearer and nearer the water's edge, the cruel dwarf dragged her. But just as he reached the brink, the nurse flew at him with a loud cry, and seized hold of his long hair. Poor nurse, it was very brave of her, but she did not know Humpty Dello's power. Shaking himself free, the dwarf stooped and dashed a handful of water in her face, and then in an instant the poor nurse tumbled over and became a great fat frog, while the dwarf once again seized the screaming daffodil and plunged her beneath the waters of the lily lake. End of section 36